Good morning and welcome to our online service this morning. Maybe you watch with us on YouTube or Facebook. Maybe you catch up with us during the week through our audio podcast, available on any podcast platform. But it's great that we get to gather together to worship. Even though we aren't physically together, we're spiritually together at this time through these services. And so thank you for joining us. We've been led each Sunday morning in prayer. Some of our Alpha group members have been doing that. And so Ali, who took part in that course, is going to lead us in prayer now. Hi, everybody. I hope you're all keeping safe and well during these difficult times. And I look forward to whenever it's safe for us all to meet again in person. Dear God, we thank you that we are still able to come together every Sunday online to worship you in this way. We pray for all those who are suffering during this difficult time. May they know your healing powers. We pray specifically for those who are vulnerable, at risk or isolated, and may they be reassured with the sense of your presence. We give thanks for those who are caring for others and ask that you bless them in all that they do. Lord, we thank you that you are one who never leaves us. And we thank you that you are able to bring us hope, strength and courage during this difficult time. Amen. Thanks, Ali, for leading us in prayer this morning. If you would like to take part in our services in any way, then please get in contact with me. We're going to sing together again. It's a new song, All Hail King Jesus. And let me just read for you the chorus, which if you don't know the, the rest of the words or if you can't follow along as they come up on your screens, the chorus is, All hail King Jesus. All hail the Lord of heaven and earth. All hail King Jesus. All hail the Saviour of the world. We gather together to worship because that is who we worship. And so let's join together to sing now. There was a moment when the lights went on And death claimed its victory The King of love had given up his life The darkest day in history Run across the need for sinners, for every curse is blood and torn. Final breath and air is finished, but nothing in you could have known. For the earth began to shake. And the fear was What sacrifice was made as a heaven's
Just to bring you up to speed with some of the things that have been happening in the life of the church. Of course, at this time, there are a lot of things that have stopped. Some of the things that do continue are times of prayer and praise on Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon and also Sunday mornings at 10.30 there on Facebook. But if you don't have Facebook, you can download the audio of those from any podcast platform. Just search for Gardnerville Presbyterian or contact me if you would like that link sent to you. Then also our storehouse collections continue and they give thanks to your generosity at this time and continue to ask that we supply tinned potatoes. Then also with the recent changes that have taken place, we are in step one of the five-step plan that the executive have put into place for Northern Ireland. That does allow time at church to open for private prayer and also drive-in church. We do not have the facilities to enable that to happen safely and in the manner that would, would prevent any larger gatherings from happening. And so we are going to remain in the state that we are. If you would like private prayer, then please contact me or your elder, or we can arrange for someone to get in touch with you to pray with you over the phone. Then with regards to drive in church, we don't have the technology to do that, but we are going to continue these services online and enable you to join in those times. If you would like a CD of the services, then please get in touch with me and I can arrange that for you. Jackie Dyer is going to read for us this morning and then Tim is leading us this morning in our sermon. But before Tim comes to share with you, Jackie is going to read to us now. Good morning. The reading today is taken from Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 30. And is as follows. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the rule of Claudius. The disciples, as each one were able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Here ends the reading. Good morning, and I hope this service finds you well. And today we are continuing our series on the book of Acts, and today we find ourselves in chapter 11, which is what Jackie just read for us. So thank you to Jackie for that. 
We're going to start with a little bit of context from the very start of Acts, where Jesus said to his followers, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. And these words were given to them, and I believe were given to us, that we were to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so we pick up this reading in verse 19, and the, the people of God are scattered. They find, they find themselves in different places. Persecution has begun against them, and they have found themselves on this occasion in the city of Antioch. And up until then, the people of God, the followers of Jesus, had just preached the word to Jews. But Antioch, with men from Cyprus and Cyrene, were preached to in their entirety. Greeks, Romans, pagans, uh, Jews, everyone. And so that's where we're picking up today. The first point that I wanted to make is that a scattered church does not mean it's a broken church. A scattered church does not mean a broken church. Today, we are scattered. We are all in our own homes watching this, in our living rooms, in our uh, kitchens, wherever we're watching this. I'm standing here recording this in front of empty pews and a camera instead of looking into your faces and being together as one. As I've already said, the people in the early church were already being scattered. They were going to different places, preaching, uh, living lives that they believed they were meant to, and spreading the word of Jesus. And then we look at people nowadays in other places apart from here. According to Open Doors, last year, 2,983 Christians were killed. Why? For being Christians. A staggering 260 million Christians worldwide face the highest levels of persecution that there is. And while we look at those numbers and I struggle to comprehend them, it also goes alongside the fact that the church is growing. That since 1960, there has been a 500% growth in Christianity. There are now 100 million Christians in Latin America, for example. In Sub-Saharan Africa, there are now 500 million. And in Nepal in 1960, where there were 30 known Christians, there are now 1.4 believers in the country. And as a very famous bishop said, this growth is despite persecution and struggle. You see, we find ourselves not persecuted not uh, being searched, not being hunted down for what we believe, but we find ourselves in a strange reality at the minute. The church service is online where you don't get to see each other, hug each other, shake hands with each other, and talk to each other. There are no services like that. There are no meetings. There are no alpha courses running. There are no Bible studies running. 
we find ourselves scattered. But I don't believe that this means, A, the church is on hold or paused, and B, I don't believe that God is on lockdown. But we'll get to that later. So the main aim so far, as I've said, was the scattered church was to preach to the Jews. And then in Antioch, the gospel of Christ was then taught to all people. A little bit of background to what Antioch would have been like. It was founded in 300 BC by Seleucus, one of the inheritors of Alexander the Great's empire. And there would have been a population of around 500,000. Antioch was considered to be the third city in the empire behind Rome and Alexandria. The city was known for being quite sophisticated and cultured, but also very immoral. It would have been cosmopolitan with Romans, Greeks, Jews, pagans. Everyone would have gone there and it found itself on a, in a trading uh, route. So there would have been all sorts of people there traveling through and living. So that is our context for the story. God's people find themselves in a place that is new. They find themselves doing things that were new. And they find themselves speaking to people that were new. All different, all new. It feels a little bit like now. And then we move on to verse 21. And it says, The hand of the Lord was upon them. Because God was with them and they were following him and they were preaching the gospel of Christ, their ministry was blessed. The thing is, when we think about blessings, we don't really need to rely on God for such material things. We can go about our day-to-day -day business without really needing God for anything. Although things at the moment seem a little bit different where people are drawing to God in prayer more often about more things. But of course, our feeling of controlledness and feeling that we don't need God isn't accurate. Because although food can, can, can fulfill our hunger and we have abundance of it, although TV and music and Netflix and, and all sorts can fulfill our entertainment, it doesn't fulfill us. And even though we may live with our families or be in touch with our friends, that may keep us entertained or busy, but it doesn't fulfill us. Only God, through his Holy Spirit, can fulfill us. I find online a, a, a guy had said, you can turn people to personality without the hand of the Lord. You can turn people to a social club without the hand of the Lord. You can turn people to a church even without the hand of the Lord. But you can't turn people to the Lord without the hand of the Lord. And I fear that we might be in a similar mindset and that we don't rely on God to provide our food because we can do it for ourselves. And I fear that sometimes we don't rely on God to do church because we feel we can do it ourselves. Maybe some of you have been trained. Maybe you have done some sort of qualification on working with people, and you feel, well, I, I'm pretty good at working with people. 
Maybe you've been part of the church for decades. And so, well, experience means a lot. And maybe I've got it covered that way. But that isn't enough. We should be focusing on the Spirit of God, the Son of God, and God the Father to do our obligation, which as I talked about at the start, was to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And maybe I can propose a question, which is if we are not seeing growth, either in our own spiritual lives, in our surrounding people's spiritual lives as a result of us, or as our church, then I ask, why? We move on then, and we want to talk a little bit about Barnabas. So Barnabas was a man known as the encourager. He found himself coming down to Antioch to see what was going on. Good news had passed. There were people, as we read in verse 21 and 22, coming to know Jesus. And things were happening in a good way. So he came down and he was known as the encourager. And it says that he saw the grace of God and was glad. How important is it to encourage? And maybe these will be things that could help us reignite our faith. To encourage, to be happy, and to be encouraged when we see the grace of God. When we see acts of God's grace, it is also vital to then encourage those to remain faithful to God. Sometimes when we can maybe have a success or a relative success in a ministry, um, for example, someone coming to faith that you know, you can rest on laurels. Or when we did our Alpha course and people came to faith and people joined in our congregation more regularly, we can go, well, that was good. We can, we can sit now. Or when we see new families coming into our building and we go, well, things are going good. We can wait now. But Barnabas says and encouraged the people who were doing amazing work in Antioch that they needed to remain faithful to God. In other words, keep doing what you're doing. Keep focused on God. So up to this stage, we see that despite the believers being scattered, they were traveling to new places, doing new things, preaching the gospel of Jesus. They had the hand of God upon them. Numbers were being added daily, and the grace of God was evident through their works. Does this sound like your life, like our church life, or do you think we can do more? Barnabas was known as the encourager, and he was fulfilled with the Spirit and discerned that Saul, who would later become Paul, would be the man to come to this place and be one of the leaders there. He had, of course, all the old Jewish traditions. He was able to communicate to the Romans and the Greeks, all of which were in this city. But we must remember that Barnabas had already tried to encourage Saul. He obviously had... a sense of endearment for him, a fondness to Saul. He saw the gifts that Saul had. Because when Saul had come to Jerusalem after his um, conversion, and the Jerusalem people 
were uneasy about Saul. They didn't trust him, and indeed they tried to kill him. The apostles were discussing about how to get rid of Saul, to send him away. And Barnabas stood up for him, saw that he had a gift, encouraged his gift. But unfortunately, or maybe it worked out as part of God's plan, they sent Saul away back to his home in Tarsus. And then he spent four years before Saul, uh, before Barnabas then went to find Saul to come and minister in Antioch. What can we learn from this? We are all gifted in different ways. We are all given talents and gifts to use as part of this faith community so we can all work as a church best. Some people are gifted at speaking in front of cameras. Some people aren't. Some people are gifted in spreading the word to kids. And we've seen that on our Facebook page with the fog leaders doing a great job communicating with the kids at home. Some people are great at the music. Some people are great at hospitality, at genuinely loving and being graceful to people and welcoming. There are so many gifts and so many different talents. Barnabas saw that Saul would have been good for Antioch. So he went and got him. He had the hand of God upon him and he was filled with the spirit, but he still had to make a step. The step in this occasion was approximately 123 miles from Antioch to Tarsus because he knew that that's what was needed for this place. What else can we learn? So we are all gifted in different ways, that's correct. But also sometimes we don't just need to make a step. Sometimes it's good to be patient, to wait, and to prepare. And that's what Saul was doing. Over four years after receiving a prophecy and his conversion that said he would be preaching the gospel of Jesus to kings, to leaders, to Jewish people, to Gentiles, all over the area and all over the world, he found himself back in his hometown, not doing that. But he found himself remaining to be faithful, preparing, studying God's word, and being ready. So how can we do the same? And especially in now, uh, in the current climate, when options are limited. But we all have methods of communication with people. For you on Instagram or Facebook or any social media, um, and I speak to myself in this one too, we can choose what we share. We can share things for our own benefits. We can share things for our friends' benefits. We can share things that we find funny or entertaining. We can share things that support what our political opinion is at the current time. Or we can share more about the transformational love and grace of Jesus Christ. That's one example. We also need to, and prepare for two of the biggest cliches in Christian talks, we need to pray and we need to study God's word. And these can be so cliche that we forget about the importance of them. But they are so important. 
the ministries in the early church were working because that is what the people were doing. They were praying. They were reading the word of God. They were following the teachings of Jesus and as a result had the hand of the Spirit of God upon them. So we need to be more active in our prayer. Not just at the end of the day, if we remember saying a couple of thank yous and a couple of pleases, but actually studying intensely, asking God to move in our lives, asking God for things to do to support his kingdom, asking God for people to speak to We also need to read our word, his word, sorry. We need to read the word of God. And some people, and I've had many conversations with people over the years, and I have felt the same, that it's hard sometimes to read God's word. But there are so many ways to do it. You can just read, choose a book, and read it. Pray as you're doing it. Ask God to speak. Mm, Don't know where to start. Don't know how to do that. Okay. Read a Bible study commentary. Get some devotional notes. Get your app out. Uh, there's a, the Bible app um, on your phones is what I would use. And they do lots of plans catered for different themes that explain the word to you. The more you seek God, the more his hand will be upon you. And then, of course, we need to make Steps. And as we conclude, I want to point out that in Antioch, this was the first place that the people of Christ were called Christians. Antioch was known as a place that would give nicknames to people. And it said that it would probably have meant something like the Jesus people. Probably not a term of endearment, but a jokey, um, jovial description of God's people. But then if we look at the original Greek, it's called Christianos, which means essentially the follower of Jesus. Some would say a slave of Jesus, belonging to Jesus. Do you feel like you belong to Jesus? Would you call yourself a slave to Jesus that is on this earth simply to follow his teaching and to live a life for him? And I think this passage shows exactly that that is what we're meant to do. The people were seeing fruit and prosperity in their lives because they were clinging on to Jesus. They lived only for him. I want to end with a few questions. You can answer these in your own homes today. Would you like to live a peaceful life? Would you like to live a life full of fruit, bearing fruit and prosperity? Would you like to live a life spreading the word of Jesus to your friends, colleagues, and family? Then this morning, I think we need to plug into Jesus again. You can use whatever metaphor you want. Refill, renew, ask him in again. Ask him to come upon you again. But I believe we need to genuinely search and seek the hand of God on your life and finally then we need to take some steps a step that could perhaps end in ridicule it could end in embarrassment or even persecution but a step could be life-changing for you and those around you
We're going to pray for that. We're going to pray that this morning, even though you may feel vulnerable, you may feel afraid or scared or you don't really know what to do with this, we're going to pray for God's Spirit to move on you, for that hand of God to be upon you. And then we're going to sing together. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the story of the early church. We thank you that your hand was upon them and that your hand is upon us. Help us to reconnect to you this morning. Father, I pray the spirit of yours, the spirit of God upon every listener this morning, that we may be guided to live a life that is more for you, that we may put our hands up and say, I want to be a follower, a slave, a person that loves you and follows you. Father, I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are going to continue our service and end our service this morning by singing a song that is entirely to do with this. That it is not in our power, not in our talents, not in our abilities, but through Christ that, our, that his kingdom, that our lives, and that people in your life can grow and get better. And that song is, Yet Not I, But Through Christ In Me. Oh, the night has 
is the one and I shall overcome yet not I but through Christ in me and though fate I dread I know I am forgiven the future sure the price it has been paid for Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon and he was raised to overthrow the grave to this I hold my sin has been